Welcome everyone to this live broadcast of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Jim Grady. I'm here with my co-host Lou Weiss. And we're talking today with Cliff Waldman, who is the CEO of New World Economics. He's just come out of a meeting with Fed Chair Jerome Powell, talking about the interest rate hikes and what that could mean both in the U.S. and how the U.S. reacts to what things are happening globally, including the war between Ukraine and Russia. Cliff, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being at the meeting in Washington, D.C. Give us an update on what took place. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, I just got out of listening to Chair Powell. It was a, quite a crowded room, quite an event. Um, and, uh, you know, Fed chair have gotten, you know, their share of, uh, of, of being made fun of for, for opaque language, particularly since the, the 1990s. But um, in, in my many, many years of following uh, Fed chair, I would say that Chair Powell is, is the most transparent. Yeah, he, he tends to they use very little opaque language and he just speaks in, in, in very uh, direct terms. And this was a hard-hitting speech. He is not mincing words that inflation is much too high, that we need to bring it under control, and the very and that there are a number of risks to the outlook. That the fact of bringing inflation under control, which is going to have to require a quick and a potentially aggressive monetary policy, is a um, is a risk for the uh, the short-term outlook of the economy. And you add to that the you know a, a global situation that most of us have not seen the likes of which in our lifetime. Uh, we have a dangerous and globally disruptive war in Ukraine that is creating both inflation risk globally because it's disrupt it's disrupting commodity price commodity supply and thus commodity prices. We've all seen oil and and gas prices spike, and it's creating reverberation uncertainties which could very well you know, slow the global economy and thus create a risk to the U.S. economy. Um, Powell, you know, addressed the fact that, you know, we've, there is some historical precedent, some historical encouragement for a, a soft landing when it comes to monetary policy. And by soft landing, we mean the Fed bringing inflation under control without tipping the economy into a serious slowdown or even into a recession. But even after saying that, um, he acknowledged the risk. So, uh, you know, we have a Fed chair who knows what the priority is. Um, it is most likely that we're going to get a quarter-point interest rate hike at each of the Federal Open Market Committee meetings for the balance of this year. But as he said a number of times, it's not a preordained uh, path. Every meeting is a live meeting. Every meeting they're going to have to look at the data and look at what's going on in the world. Thus, it is possible that if inflation really doesn't really gets worse, doesn't respond the way that they want, well, they, they may have that, – that quarter point could be 50 basis points. That's not – they're not taking anything off the table when it comes to um, inflation. At the same time, we have uh, a, a, you know, a difficult – a, a horrendous and human, humanly horrendous situation in Ukraine, which is disrupting already disrupted supply lines, creating massive uncertainty, which could create a, you know the conditions for a global slowdown and thus a risk to the U.S. economy. So 
They are, you know, the, the middle of the road forecast of a quarter point interest rate hike at every one of the um, every six weeks FOMC meeting. That's the median forecast, but the pull from both sides of that to possibly doing 50 basis points, given that we have a very difficult inflation picture, or holding off, given that we have a hugely risky global scenario from Ukraine and Russia, and a still still great uncertainty with the pandemic. I mean, uh, China has been closing down some of its largest cities. Shenzhen, I believe, is a city of about 18 million people. They're locking it down because of COVID. That in itself will uh, act to disrupt already disrupted uh, supply chains uh, coming out of China and often extending around the world. So he, he, he didn't mince words. It's a difficult inflation picture, and there's a great number of risks surrounding the world in which they are trying to control U.S. inflation. So, Cliff, how do you feel about this? <laughs> I, 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 I think he's dead on. I think in, uh, I began to worry about inflation uh, earlier when inflation showed up, late, late 20, fall, winter 2021. There was some risk of it uh, calling it transitory because the reason that it showed up, most of the inflation comes from the fact that demand, there was a huge demand resurgence as we were starting to come out of the, the pandemic, partially fostered by you know, large government stimulus, government uh, checks coming in. And we had a meeting, very constrained supply because supply chains were very gummed up by um by the pandemic and and everything that it affected mainly, mainly labor supply so at that point inflation could have been transitory if we acted more quickly on it but it got out of control and now i now i too am alarmed by the inflation picture it is the highest inflation in 40 years and the possibility of it getting worse and just in itself tipping the economy into a slowdown recession is there so i agree with him on that the 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 war in ukraine and all the risks that surround it economically and even geopolitically um, are, are, you know, creating a set of risks. Be, uh, obvi- the, the, there's the obvious ones of, of, you know, big jumps in commodity prices, making an already difficult inflation picture even worse, and then creating, you know, such global uncertainty, but in, in particularly, particularly in Europe, but not just in Europe, that it could slow the global economy down. I, I I agree with I, – I, I found myself in almost in complete agreement with what Chair Powell was saying about the need to quickly get on inflation and the risks surrounding the, the year that they're going to take to really try to you know bring demand in, in line with supply. I, I agree with what he says. I agree with his assessment today. So from a global perspective, I, I appreciate your commentary. Uh, here in the U.S., with regards to manufacturing, which is right. uh, near and dear to uh, our hearts, right. how is that going to affect us? Because manufacturing, according to the Institute of uh, uh, Supply Management, is uh, and, and according to whatever it's worth, the All Metals and Forge Group uh, uh, sponsor of uh, manufacturing talk radio is that it's uh, 
Things are improving, things are growing, things are hot. Delivery, deliveries and uh, uh, regards to shipping and logistics is very bad. So it's almost like the more business you do, great. How are you gonna ship it? How are you gonna deliver it? Because right. we have other issues. So um, with regards to that, can, can you make some commentary for the sake of our audience uh, with regards to um, the fact that uh, manufacturing is uh, so much part of our uh, economy? Well, all right, now we need to put manufacturing in the context of what Chair Powell said today and in my agreement with Chair Powell. Let's first remember it is easily by a mile the most globalized sector of the United States economy, about 65 percent or so of U.S. manufacturing output is sold overseas. So the global economy affects U.S. manufacturing as much, if not more, than the U.S. Uh, economy. It is – and it is – you know, when I talk – the things that I've been talking about, commodities, oil, natural gas, those kinds of things, uh, uh, you know, ammonium that, uh, you know, is a big export for um, Russia and Ukraine, those are all things that go into manufacturing processes. So, you know, uh, so – and finally – there's never been – and this one, this one I want to be careful about because what the research has shown, you know, manufacturing is the most capital-intensive of all our sectors. It grows when manufacturers, um, you know, have confidence to sort of add capital add, uh, to their, their sectors. Now, there's never been shown to be that much of a relationship between interest rates and capital spending and, and nor capital spending in manufacturing. But I really believe that with the, the pace that interest rates are going to have to increase, even under the best of circumstances in this coming year, you know, interest rates are going to affect the very capital – are going to have to have some effect. Just in my gut, tell me I'm going to have some effect on uh, capital intensity in manufacturing. So to sum up what I just said, it's a trouble I, – I've described the, you know, the risks of a, of a difficult on-knife's-edge world now and reminded everybody that U.S. manufacturing is the most globalized sector, is the most affected by global forces of any sector in the, uh, in the United States economy. And generally speaking, if, chair, if the worst happens and, they have to re and the Federal Reserve has to really move quickly on interest rates, and let's say the worst happens, they, they bring inflation under control, but it's at the expense of either a serious slowdown or even a mild recession in the U.S. economy, manufacturing tends to generally move with the economy. So even if it's not – the interest rates aren't hitting capital spending and other variables in manufacturing directly, if they tip the United States economy into a big slowdown or even a recession, just by derivative – um, the U.S. manufacturing is going to be um, is going to be affected. So we are in the the, the U.S. manufacturing sector, um, which certainly had a nice a 
terrific recovery from the pandemic, a, a faster and better recovery from the pandemic than than was the case during the you know in the aftermath of the financial crisis. Yes, it's strong, but it's it, it, it with everything that's going on right now, supply chains, Ukraine, Russia, interest rates, risk to the overall economy, manufacturing is directly in the line of fire, unfortunately. Cliff, I'm just curious, uh, do I understand that correctly that these increases in the rate, the Chairman Powell expects to bring inflation down to 2% over the next three years? Well, he, he wants, first of all, we all know, know that, um, as Milton Friedman taught us, that monetary policy works with a lag, long, and then with long, quote-unquote, long and variable lags. So he he wants to bring, you know, the you know, inflation down to about 2%, although with the Fed's new framework, I think they're going to allow it to, you know, be somewhat, to be a little more flexible than was the case previously, to, you know, to be maybe somewhat above 2% as, as circumstances uh, warrant. But yes, I, I think the general benchmark for what they want to do is to bring inflation down to 2%, I, you know, again, this there's, nobody's going to give an exact benchmark. Things are just too uncertain. But certainly, I think what they're hoping for is by, let's say, the middle of next year, that you know we see the economy on a, at least a, if not there, but at least on a glide path to two percent inflation. Then they will say that the the policy that they're starting to implement right now has been successful. Mid-223, mid we're on a glide, not there, but maybe a glide path to, to 2 2.5% inflation. That would constitute a successful policy. In the meantime, the wage gains evaporate that we've seen over the last two and a half years. Well, the wage the wage gain. I, I think I, I think you want to deal with the wage gain. The, yes, unfortunately, but the, particularly the wage gains right now. We've seen compensation spikes, and that's due to you know labor market shortages. I mean, job openings are are hitting record levels, and you know the, the employers are going begging for for jobs. Uh, but uh, and as a result, as you would expect. Uh, wage gains are, are there, compensation gains are there, but they haven't been enough to compensate for the roughly seven, you know, depending on how you measure it, seven or so percent inflation. I mean, they, they've been getting good wage gains, three, four percent, but when inflation is running at seven, doesn't do you much good. Behind the, behind the, behind the numbers. The other going to operate a little behind the eight ball. I know they're playing a little bit of catch up. Uh, in the overall, and I appreciate, Cliff, that you are uh, comfortable with what uh, Chair Powell is presenting. It, it seems like we all knew that they had to increase rates. Uh, the yeah. question is, will they be successful? The big unknown. They don't know. We don't know. Uh, I guess this is just one that we're going to have to ride out. Fingers crossed. It is. It is. It is. There's. A, I mean, they're they're landing a uh, they're landing a spaceship uh, amidst a lot of turbulence. That's 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 the uh, that's the uh, the situation. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Cliff, anything else you want to add to this as we begin to wrap this up, and we 
appreciate your reporting right from the the uh, conference itself in uh, Washington D.C. It was my pleasure. Uh, I think it's it's a risky time uh, for the economy. I would say that on a to end on a positive note, we saw how both. Well, we saw how the U.S. manufacturing the the U.S. manufacturing sector got really pummeled in the in the financial crisis of 2007 to 2010. It was slow to come back, but it came back remarkably well in uh, you know after the uh, the initial five or six months of the uh, the pandemic, and the the U.S. economy has uh, you know we lost twenty twenty some odd million jobs in the first couple of months. Of the uh, the pandemic, something that's going to be part of the history books for generations to come. But we came back. So the uh, the U.S. economy and the U.S. manufacturing sector have been, even through all all this tumble, even through these these very difficult years, which never never seem to stop being difficult, have shown their strength. They've shown what they can do. If we can get through this period, if we can bring inflation in line without uh, without too much damage to the economy, um, and then just deal as best we can with external factors that we can't control, like you know, COVID showing up again, and and this horror story in Ukraine, which we all pray to end. Then, then you know, our future beyond this storm and this this very tricky time. You know, looks good because we've seen we've seen the the underlying persistence of both the U.S. manufacturing sector and the U.S. economy. So that that too has to be factored into the picture to 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 get everybody to look beyond um, what's going to be a very tough year and a half or two years. Uh, Cliff, uh, your analysis and your insight is better than what we could expect on mainstream media. And I really appreciate that. And I hope I'm not pissing anybody off, but you got it down to a science. And I, I really appreciate it. Tim? Thank you. My pleasure to do this. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Cliff. Thank you very much. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye. And we've been speaking with Cliff Walden, who is the CEO of New World Economics, as he reports from Washington, D.C., and the National Association for Business Economics event at which Fed Chair Jerome Powell just completed his presentation to that group. We appreciate you listening to this episode. If you'd like to hear more of our episodes, please go to jacketmediaco.com where you can find this podcast and the others that we produce. And thanks for joining us in this special live event. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.